Chapter 8, Part 10 of Junior Classics, Volume 2, Folk Tales and Myths. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Emma Stays. Junior Classics, Volume 2, Folk Tales and Myths by William Patton. Chapter 8, Myths of Greece and Rome, Part 10, The Twelve Labors of Hercules, by Thomas Bullfinch. Hercules was the son of Jupiter and Alcamina. As Juno was always hostile to the offspring of her husband by mortal mothers, she declared war against Hercules from his birth. She sent two serpents to destroy him as he lay in his cradle, but the brave infant strangled them with his own hands. He was, however, by the arts of Juno, rendered subject to Eurythreus and compelled to perform all his commands. Eurythreus gave him a succession of desperate tasks, which are called the Twelve Labors of Hercules. The first was to fight with the Nemean lion. The valley of Nemea was infested by a terrible lion. Eurythreus ordered Hercules to bring him the skin of this monster. After using in vain his clubs and arrows against the lion, Hercules strangled the animal with his hands. He returned carrying the dead lion on his shoulders. But Eurythreus was so frightened at the sight of it, and at this proof of the prodigious strength of the hero, that he ordered him to deliver the account of his exploits in the future, outside of the town. His next labor was the slaughter of the Hydra. This monster ravaged the country of Argos, and dwelt in a swamp near the well of Amimone. This well had been discovered by Amimone when the country was suffering from drought, and the story was that Neptune, who loved her, had permitted her to touch the rock with his trident, and a spring of three outlets burst forth. Here the Hydra took up his position, and Hercules was sent to destroy him. The Hydra had nine heads, of which the middle one was immortal. Hercules struck off its heads with his clubs, but in the place of the head knocked off, two new ones grew forth each time. At length, with the assistance of his faithful servant, Iolaus, he burned away the heads of the Hydra and buried the ninth, or their immortal one, under a huge rock. Another labor was the cleaning of the Aegean stables. Aegeus, king of Elis, had a herd of three thousand oxen whose stalls had not been cleansed for thirty years. Hercules brought the rivers Alpheus and Peneus through them and cleansed them thoroughly in one day. His next labor was of a more delicate kind. Admeta, the daughter of Eurythreus, longed to obtain the girdle of the queen of the Amazons, and Eurythreus ordered Hercules to go and get it. The Amazons were a nation of women. They were very warlike and held several flourishing cities. It was their custom to bring up only the female children. The boys were either sent away to the neighboring nations or put to death. Hercules was accompanied by a number of volunteers, and after various adventures at last reached the country of the Amazons. Hippolyta, the queen, received him kindly and consented to yield him her girdle. But Juno, taking the form of an Amazon, went and persuaded the rest that the strangers were carrying off their queen. They instantly armed and came in great numbers down to the ship. Hercules, thinking that Hippolyta had acted treacherously, slew her, and taking her girdle, made sail homeward. Another task enjoined him was to bring to Erythrith the oxen of Gerion, a monster with three bodies who dwelt in the island of Erythria. The red so called because it lay at the west under the rays of the setting sun this description is thought to apply to spain of which Gerion was king 
After traversing various countries, Hercules reached at length the frontiers of Libya and Europe, where he raised two of the mountains of Calpi and Abila as monuments of his progress, or, according to another account, rent one mountain into two and left half on each side, forming the strains of Gibraltar, the two mountains being called the Pillars of Hercules. The oxen were guarded by the giant Eretion and his two-headed dog, but Hercules killed the giant and his dog and brought away the oxen in safety to Eurythrius. The most difficult labor of all was getting the golden apples of Hesperity, for Hercules did not know where to find them. These were the apples which Juno had received at her wedding from the goddess of the earth, and which she had entrusted to the keeping of the daughters of Hesperus, assisted by a watchful dragon. A celebrated export of Hercules was his victory over Antaeus. Antaeus, the son of Terra, the earth, was a mighty giant and a wrestler, whose strength was invincible so long as he remained in contact with his mother earth. He compelled all strangers who came into his country to wrestle with him, on condition that if conquered, as they all were, they should be put to death. Hercules encountered him, and finding that it was of no avail to throw him, for he always rose with renewed strength from every fall, he lifted him up from the earth and strangled him in the air. Caucus was a huge giant who inhabited a cave on Mount Aventine and plundered the surrounding country. When Hercules was driving home the oxen of Geryon, Caucus stole part of the cattle while the heroes slept, that their footprints might not serve to show where they had been driven. He dragged them backwards by their tails to his cave so that their tracks all seemed to show that they had gone in the opposite direction. Hercules was deceived by the stratagem, and would have failed to find his oxen, if it had not happened that in driving the remainder of the herd past the cave, where the stolen ones were concealed, those within began to low, and were thus discovered. Caucus was slain by Hercules. The last exploit we shall record was bringing Cerberus from the lower world, Cerberus was the three-headed dog that guarded the entrance to Hades. Hercules descended into Hades, accompanied by Mercury and Minerva. He obtained permission from Pluto to carry Cerberus to the upper air, provided he could do it without the use of weapons. And in spite of the monster's struggling, he seized him, held him fast, and carried him to Eurythrius, and afterwards brought him back again. When he was in Hades, he obtained the liberty of Theseus, his admirer and imitator, had been detained a prisoner there for an unsuccessful attempt to carry off Proserpine. Hercules, in a fit of madness, killed his friend Iphitus, and was condemned for this offense to become the slave of Queen Omphile for three years. While in this service, the hero's nature seemed changed. He lived effeminately, wearing at times the dress of a woman, spinning wool with the handmaidens of Omphile, while the queen wore his lion skin. When the service was ended, he married Dejanira and lived in peace with her three years. On one occasion, as he was traveling with his wife, they came to a river, across which the centaur Nessus carried travelers for a stated fee. Hercules himself forded the river, but gave Dejanira to Nessus to be carried across. Nessus attempted to run away with her, but Hercules heard her cries and shot an arrow into the heart of Nessus. The dying centaur told Dejanera to take a portion of his blood and keep it, as it might be used as a charm to preserve the love of her husband. Dejanera did so, and before long fancied she had occasion to use it. 
Hercules, in one of his conquests, had taken prisoner a fair maiden named Iole, of whom he seemed more fond than Dejanera approved. When Hercules was about to offer sacrifices to the gods in honor of his victory, he sent to his wife for a white robe to use on the occasion. Dejanera, thinking it a good opportunity to try her love spell, seeped the garment in the blood of Nessus. As soon as the garment became warm on the body of Hercules, the poison penetrated into all his limbs and caused him the most intense agony. In his frenzy, he seized Lichus, who had brought him the fatal robe, and hurled him into the sea. He wrenched off the garment, but it stuck to his flesh, and with it he tore away whole pieces of his body. In this state, he embarked on board a ship and was conveyed home. Dejanera, on seeing what she had unwittingly done, hung herself. Hercules, prepared to die, ascended Mount Eta, where he built a funeral pyre of trees, gave his bows and arrows to Philetetes, and laid himself down on the pile, his head resting on his club, and his lion's skin spread over him. With a countenance as serene as if he were taking his place at a festival board, he commanded Philetetes to apply the torch. The flames spread apace and soon invested the whole mass. The gods themselves felt troubled at seeing the champion of the earth so brought to his end. But Jupiter, with cheerful countenance, thus addressed them, Fear not! He who conquered all else is not to be conquered by those flames which you see blazing on Mount Eta. Only his mother's share in him can perish. What he derived from me is immortal. I shall take him, dead to earth to the heavenly shores, and I require of you all to receive him kindly. Jupiter enveloped him in a cloud, and took him up in a four-horse chariot to dwell among the stars. End of chapter 8, part 10